previously on episode three of The Trident. Now the word was out, and now no one in the office could say that they hadn't been warned. June's fake Lolita emails meant to expose Howard as a sexual predator fell short. We were all crying and screaming and hugging, and it was awful. We just thought we'd spend the rest of our lives haunted knowing there was this monster free-range raping. But June wasn't about to give up. I wanted him destroyed. I'm Natalie Burnish, and this is Podtree. Act 4. The Weenie Roast Howard had managed to vindicate himself, not from the women in the office he'd accosted, but from the person he needed in order for his billion-dollar website acquisition to go through, his wife Jacqueline. And this is where the Trident story turns diabolical and dangerous. The rush of the fake email had worn off quickly. It left no visible wound on Howard, yet it left Mary and Lena feeling even more hollow than before. And most surprising for Mary was that it was June who seemed to be taking everything the hardest. She would never tell us, but I knew there was something in all this that triggered her hard. Something happened to her, but she would never talk about it. Lena, do you know where all this was stemming from in June? Nope. To this day, I have no idea what deep-seated something motivated the insane shit she stirred up. There was something in there we didn't know about. Something we couldn't touch. I don't even know if she could reach it. The weeks clicked by and the Trident kept living together and going through the motions of daily life. But the joy was gone. It was as if they had all caught a flu they couldn't shake. Howard, meanwhile, had patched things up with Jacqueline, and Monkey Teeth's epic buyout was imminent. Then, on a Saturday night over Chinese takeout, June announced a new plan. She had never stopped plotting. Lena and I, we were just trying to survive day to day. But June, she was out for blood. June's plan began in a very straightforward way. She would offer her services as a high-level infotech specialist at Monkey Teeth. June's government security grade credentials would appeal to Howard's paranoia as would her prestigious last name, and most importantly, her fairy tale princess looks. Once on the inside, June planned on executing a methodical and thorough revenge. On an early Monday morning, June went into Howard and Jacqueline's office and made her gold-plated pitch. She said she was taking a leave of absence from her stifling family-run empire to venture out into the gig economy as a freelance tech consultant. For Howard and Jacqueline, on the brink of an astronomical windfall, June was heaven sent. She was hired on the spot. Within the span of five minutes, and without so much as a basic security check, the Trident now had full access to every single secret in what was poised to become a $5 billion company. I was given a private office. No one had a private office, and Mary and Lena and I had to pretend we didn't know each other. When they all met at home later that first night, June told them about the pending acquisition, the insane salaries Howard and his wife were pulling in, and the fortune that was about to come their way. That unfairness hit Mary especially hard. 
It was so depressing. He was being so richly rewarded. I didn't know what June was up to. You just know that in the end, we'd be the ones thrown in jail and he'd be on a yacht somewhere. I kind of just wanted June to stop. But at this point, June was on a mission. No common sense appeal would stand in her way. I wanted him destroyed. I'd seen male privilege my whole life. New money, old money, it didn't matter. There was this entitled leer I'd felt since I could remember from people like Howard. From my dad's golf buddies, husbands, even from men at work, even though they knew I was the boss's daughter. It's gross. There's not enough soap to wash it off you. Lena realized it was no longer about her and Mary. Yeah, no. It wasn't about us anymore. Howard was in June's crosshairs. I still don't know exactly what was going on inside that girl, but whatever it was, it took on a life of its own. June now had a picture window into Monkey Teeth's inner financial workings, but it wasn't money she needed or it was after. What she wanted was to deprive Howard of the wealth and glory coming his way. By gleaning through Monkey Teeth's private emails, June knew Howard and Jacqueline's deal was tied to performance. Milestones. They only had to keep Monkey Teeth relevant for six months in order to get and keep the bulk of their money and stock options. Then, the Friday of the week she started, June learned the big announcement was happening the following Monday. June went into attack mode. Lena saw it all through the glass of Howard's office. She was in there talking to him for a long time. She was flirting, there was laughing and suggestive body language. I didn't know what she was up to, but she was working him, for sure. That night, at home, Lena confronted June to find out exactly what her game was. Her new plan was super low-tech. Basically, she was going to dangle herself in front of Howard like red meat and catch him in the act. Like her email idea, June's plan was delivered to the others fully formed and fully in motion. June was going to secretly film Howard, trying to attack her, and at the same time, try to get him to admit to his crimes against her friends. Lena warmed to the idea. Mary hated it. I thought it was dangerous and stupid, and I told her so. But she already had the spy camera and a stun gun. I told her I don't want you doing this for me. And she said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for all women. Wow. I thought she'd lost her mind. Lost or not, June's mind was made up. She had arranged to go to Howard's house the very next night. Knowing there was no talking her out of it, the three stayed up half the night plotting, devising their plan of attack, role-playing, figuring out the best approach to get June in and out of the situation safely while getting the maximum amount of dirt on him. So Lena, you were on board at this point? I was, yeah. And Mary knew the ship was sailing with or without her. So no one tried to stop her? We knew this was our last chance, our last hurrah. Mary and I couldn't face going back to that office on Monday, watching Howard gloat and being interviewed on CNBC as a billionaire. We were done with that place. So why not go out with a bang, right? It was a bitter, cold Saturday night. 
with a driving, stinging rain so bad it soaked through June's coat. I was worried it was going to mess up my recording gear, or that he would see it. Lena was running the operation on the outside. The plan had been for us to have our command center right on the corner by his house. She was going to call us and leave the phone on. She also had a spy camp she was recording on. But the weather was impossible. We couldn't hear anything over the wind. We ended up in a diner two blocks away. We were shitting a brick. For the next few minutes, you're going to hear excerpts of the recording from that night, audio that's often difficult to understand. right into his trap. Or so he thought. Of course I was nervous, but I also kind of slipped into this almost soldier of fortune mercenary mode. Like I was thinking of myself as the predator and him as my prey. <laughs> if I had thought about it any other way, I couldn't have done it. Let's go in the den. I have a fire going. You gotta warm up. That's perfect. Meantime, we're listening to her muffled phone in this shitty diner, ready to call the police or run over there at a moment's notice. This is perfect. It's so beautiful. Please make yourself comfortable. Do you want some brandy to warm up with your cold, wet clothes? (laughs) That would be lovely. (laughs) June, I I want you to know that Jacqueline and I are so pleased with the, the job you're doing, and we fully intend to weave you into the fabric of the company in a much much more. That is great to hear because I would love to be woven in. (laughs) Of course, you know my biggest secret. What secret would that be, Howard? You're coy. (laughs) I like that in a girl. So how is Howard acting at this point? Well, he was drinking the brandy about three times as fast as I was. And, you know, his eyes got a little swimmy in that kind of respectful, tight-assed, postured way that he always carried himself, started to loosen up. Seriously, I would just love to be part of the reorg after the acquisition. I'll bet we can work you in. Well, you know, they're going to want to roll you into their own server, but you should keep an arm of your IT and security independent. You're a smart guy, aren't you? The sloshier and grosser he got, the more empowered I became, but he was so disgusting. I just wanted him to just make his move so I could get it all over with. Well, so the first thing I suggest is to make your few tweaks on the back end would make sure that your security was in really fine shape. To be honest with you, June, I think your back end is in fine shape. (laughs) Well, that's not what I meant. (laughs) You gave me that line. I had to take it. (laughs) Lena and I were so sickened. June outclasses and outsmarts that bastard every day of the week, but as soon as she starts being professional, he gets more and more condescending. You have to wonder what's going on in someone's brain when they're waiting for the right moment to violate you. You'll need to excuse me for a minute. I'll be right back. Uh, Yeah, sure. Do what you need to do. Mary and Lena knew that move. We threw some money down on the table and we went 
the fuck running over there? Okay, he's left the room. I'm ready for him. I hope the camera's ready. I've got the stun gun ready. Shit, she was cool. She knew exactly what was coming, and still, she was rock star cool. The storm had picked up so much that Mary didn't even think they could get over there in time to save June. At this point in the video, Howard comes out in a bathrobe, fully exposed. I'm back. <sighs> Howard, what the fuck? Do you like it? Do you like what you see? Um, I don't. Actually, maybe your wife will? He was trying to rub up against me like some gross, feral animal. jaw-drop. He backed off like a boxer stunned by a punch. I mean, in his erection totally disappeared. Okay, yeah, buddy, not your big dick anymore, are you? You know what? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, it's a little hard to deny being a pervert when your dick is shrieking in your hand, isn't it, Howard? He was no more than, like, a caged animal. I could see the whole fight-or-flight thing playing out on his face. He stood there for what seemed like forever, and then he decided... fight. He was on me so fast, it was scary. Just on me and out of control. You're leaving me, Howard, I'm warning you! You're the one that's gonna need warning. Another ten seconds, and in his crazed fury, he would have had me, but I had the stun gun ready. June placed the stun gun squarely on Howard's genitals and squeezed the trigger. Seconds he was on his knees, and the smell of the fireplace was replaced with the smell of singed flesh. Yeah, That's what you get, you asshole! And the whole thing's on video, you motherfucker! You're done! Your reputation, your marriage, your billion dollar sales, you're fucking done, you piece of shit! And you will never, ever, ever touch another woman with that sad, fried sausage again! <laughs> he was on the floor, sobbing, pathetic. Beaten. <laughs> I just stood there for a long minute waiting for him to say something, but all he did was blabber. So, here is maybe my favorite part of the whole story. As I stood there, realizing it was time to go, I was looking for, like, one final nail in his coffin. You know, like, that kind of superhero catchphrase thing to say. And you know what I came up with? Bye. I love it. <laughs> Bye. Goddamn, we laughed about that afterward until we could hardly breathe. <laughs> Lena and Mary arrived at Howard's doorstep at almost the exact same time June was bolting out the door. We were just relieved she seemed fine. She had this triumphant smile on her face. She was dope. Fucking rock star. Back at the house, there was little time to celebrate, no less process what had just happened in Howard and Jacqueline's brownstone. 
The clock was ticking on the public announcement of Monkey Teeth's acquisition. The only goal at hand was doing as much damage as possible, as quickly as possible, to throw the deal. We were frantic, but we were stoked. The Trident was back. That's what we thought, anyway. June had pre-built a powerful firewall to post the video behind, to keep its source anonymous. Within three hours of June's encounter, the World Wide Web would be treated to the video, which the Trident had already dubbed the Weenie Roast. We hit send, and then we all breathed for the first time in hours. The Trident had no reason to think that their B-movie revenge plot had been anything but a total success. Then Mary saw something that surprised her, tears in June's eyes. June let it all out. She was as vulnerable as I'd ever seen her. We were all drained, just done. We drank and tried to sleep, waiting for the internet gods to do their thing. But gods always have been and always will be fickle. Coming up on the fifth and final episode of The Trident. So we woke up and expected to see some kind of shitstorm. Whole thing was like a sci-fi movie. The computer was dead. Howard sends a cyber army to take down the weenie roast. In all my years of cybertech, I'd never seen anything like this before. I didn't know what was happening. This was dark web stuff. My phone rings. It sounded like a mook straight out of a mobster movie. And then he just out and out threatens to kill me. And your two friends. But in cyberspace, sometimes people can hear you scream. Yay, Trident! Yay, women! Boo, rapists! That's on the next episode of The Trident. The Trident was written, directed, and edited by Scott Firestone for the original podcast Pod Dreams. The role of June March was performed by Laura Faye Smith, Julia Brandy Polchin played Lena Barrett, and Jessica Liz Adams played Mary Davidson. The role of Howard Black was played by Scott Firestone, and the role of the narrator, Natalie Burnish, was played by me, Brittany Grable. The Trident is a work of fiction and a production of Pod Dreams. Any resemblance to actual events or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. For more stories of aspiration and wish fulfillment, visit poddreams.com. Pod Dreams. Why?